Welcome to Season 3 of Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Welcome to Episode 76 of Soccer Over Gotham. We have another great show for all of you. Gary, what do we have in this episode? Wow, we have we have a lot. <laughs> Gotham, the league's best road team, picks up a rare loss in a frustrating match. We're going to cover all that, break that down. Lynn Williams makes a big announcement. World Cup rosters are mostly announced. We'll break down Gotham's roster and the U.S. Women's National Team roster. We have a fan poll of optimism towards this club. We have an update on the state of the league. We will preview Gotham's next matchup at home versus Chicago. And yes, the Challenge Cup is back midweek against Orlando. We will preview that game as well. But you know, let's get started. How are you, Ruby? One word, busy. I've been busy. My family's finally here, so that's good news. Basically, I had to get the house ready for a visit. And I literally did like a spring cleaning like this week. Plus, it's also been busy at work. So I was like, really? Not not this week, but it happened. Oh, well. So that's why I haven't even really texted you, Gary. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just assume everybody ignores me. So I'm just like, all right. No. I, once I put a text out there, it's like, I don't care if it gets back. I'm like, all right. Sometimes whatever. I answer in my head. <laughs> <laughs> just know you are in my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy Pride Month. Happy Father's Day and happy Juneteenth to the most diverse team and fan base in this league. Speaking of which, the NWSL released a Juneteenth shirt in collaboration with the Black Women's Player Collective at BWP underscore collective. A portion of all the net proceeds will go to both the BWPC and the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Now, we highlighted Marsha P. Johnson in our Pride episode. She's a super important person to the Stonewall Uprising. And obviously, we donated to the BWPC this week as well. And we recommend you do as well. Find them on Twitter or just search the web for them and donate to them as much as possible. A portion of our merch sales go towards the BWPC. One day, uh, I hope that statement to be true. <laughs> so right now, I just I donate way more than we'll ever get from merchandise <laughs> sales. But anyway, go to our T Public store, get our merchandise. Eventually, we will make up for that uh, money that we sent their way. <laughs> All right, let's get to some team news. McCall Zerboni hits number two hundred. McCall is one of the most decorated players in league's history. She has won the NWSL Shield three times and the NWSL Championship three times. Wow, that's incredible. That's an incredible achievement. That's something that doesn't come by coincidence or by mistake. It really shows her her hard work and determination. Definitely well-deserved. And hopefully she gets another Shield and another, another championship with Gotham before she retires. Congratulations to Zerboni. We made... A great graphic for her 200th game. It was amazing. I'm so proud of that work. <laughs> it was good to see her wearing the captain's band yes. during the match. Yes, it she was. She deserved it. It takes, as you said, a lot of hard work, a lot of determination. It also takes a little bit of luck. Yeah. You do have to stay healthy for that long period of time. And it's, it's really hard to do in a league that's so grueling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that shows her leadership. It shows her drive. And yeah. She's a, a consummate professional. Uh, we had a great time talking to her last season, and I hope to get her back on. She's a fun guest. 
Next, we have Lynn Williams' announcement. She announced a contract extension until 2025. Wow. Another wow. Like all these announcements and all these like achievements are so great, especially this one with Lynn Williams. It, it's so crazy that they were able to to lock her in for for until 2025. So that's amazing. She's ours now. She's like the queen bat. Go bat. It speaks a lot to this team. And because she had been in a really bad spot. I mean, getting traded, yeah, traded from Kansas City when she was not sure about what she was getting herself into. And now she's here and she seems to be really enjoying herself. And she seems to really love it here. The team embraced her. She's embraced the team. The fan base wants her here. She wants to be here. The team and this fan base, including Cloud9, are a family. And it's just good to see that everybody's looking after each other. Everybody gets along. And it's just a fun, it's a fun environment to be in. Yeah, a lot of our players have decided to sign for several years with Gotham. So it, it's really good to know that Lynn Williams also wants to stay here. And it also shows like, you know, what Gotham wants to build and, and what future they want to build for this for this club. There's a couple other players I want to see sign long-term contracts, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Next is Anamanu gets called into Nigeria national team. I don't think anybody's surprised by this. She's a tremendous talent, and she's always been one of their best strikers and uh, a mainstay for their team. Sending all the good vibes to Anamanu. She's such an amazing player, such a great player, and an amazing asset to, to the Nigerian team and also for Gotham. Absolutely. Now, the U.S. Women's National Team roster has dropped, and Gotham has three players on it. Christy Mewis, Kelly O'Hara, and Lynn Williams. Let's just break that down. So let's see what it means for Gotham. On to Christy Mewis. Opta released a graphic that said, at age 32, Christy Mewis could become the oldest U.S. Women's National Team player to debut at the FIFA Women's World Cup, surpassing our own, Ali Long, who played her first World Cup match at 31 years old, 307 days back in 2019. It's a great opportunity. We talked about this, Ruby, about how much it means to her. Uh, you want to expand on that? Yeah, I mean, she has expressed this about, and we also have been talking about this for a while, and we know it means so much to her to be part of the World Cup roster because we know deep down, and, and deep down she knows that this could be like could have been her last chance to make it to a World Cup. So I'm so glad that she was able to make it. She puts everything on the line for for club and country. And to be able to make the roster, I'm so happy for her. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that Christy is a pretty competitive person. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously her sisters made the World Cup. And yeah. for her to be able to also add her name to that legacy is pretty important for her. Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. I mean, her sister once went to a World Cup. Uh, Sam Kerr us also going to a World mm -hmm. Cup. So, you know, if you're competitive, you're looking at everyone around you're like, I want that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to Kelly O'Hara. Despite limited minutes this season, her leadership shows and she is an absolute winner. So she she credits Gotham with helping her make this roster. They were very patient with her and allowing her to recover from her injury. They gave her so much support, and it's it's. And she said she would not have made this roster if it weren't for Gotham's support. And to me, it's very important to have a team mm -hmm. or cover a team that is very good with their players, and it's, it goes a long way because this will 
this will show other players that, hey, this is a really good environment. If I can get into this team, I'm going to be taken care of. And, and that's really, really good. And I'm appreciative of that. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of players that are not playing for Gotham right now look at Gotham and think like, wow. And I know I know they talk and they probably know how Gotham treats their players. And I'm pretty sure there's other players that would want to come like Kelly O'Hara decided to come to Gotham as a free agent. She could have gone anywhere else, but she decided to come here. This is going to be her fourth appearance at the World Cup. So she brings that experience into the team and the back line. And when when she's healthy, she's just a solid player. Absolutely. All right, let's go on to Lynn Williams. Now, Lynn Williams is incredible. She's been in an incredible run of form since she's come to this team, since she's returned from her injury. The type of player she is fits everything that Velaka wants out of a player, both dynamic and we can play multiple positions, as we'll get into later. A lot of the players that have made the roster can do more than one thing. So if there's an injury mm-hmm. in one position, you can fill that position with other players. So Lynn can play striker. She can play on the wing. She can play come out of the midfield that she's shown this season. So she's been fantastic, and I'm so proud of her. And everything everything for her has just been going well. So it's been a fantastic year for her from you know coming back from injury to scoring all these goals to getting engaged to you know making the World Cup. That's That's quite a year. I know. Yeah, and she said herself that she's only gone to one major tournament before, so this means a lot to her. Because again, she mentioned the same thing with with Christy Mewis. This could have been her last chance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's had a, a quite a year. I think twenty twenty three. It's it's her year. Her performance this season with Gotham pretty much gave her that ticket to to the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. She has been. She has had an incredible season with Gotham. Honestly, I cannot wait to see her play in the World Cup and score. And low key, I I hope she does her bat celebration when if she scores. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We are still waiting on Bernina and Farrelly. Hopefully they get their call up as well. We're rooting mm-hmm. for them very, very much. Speaking of Sinead Farrelly, we didn't get to talk about this on the last episode, which I was hoping to do, but they concluded the counter attack podcast and the last episode is incredible. Did you get to listen to it? I I was listening to it on my way home. I was only able to listen to to the podcast for like 10, 15 minutes. So I have another half to to listen to. I got to the mm-hmm. part where Beto's was talking about the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really good. I'm I'm that far and I wanted to finish before we recorded, but I couldn't. But yeah, it's really good. I, I recommend anyone that hasn't listened to it to go and listen to it. You, you, you kind of, you know the story at this point. Yeah. But just hearing it from her voice, the last episode is about her return to, to play with Gotham. And she, every, every corner that she turns, you're just so rooting for her through this episode just mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so powerful it's so emotional and again you know how it ends but it's taking that ride with her and every you know obstacle that was thrown in her way and those minutes that she thought she was going to give up and and thinking that's gonna this is going to be too much for her and mm-hmm. it's just incredible she's an amazing person and one day we'll talk to her but yeah absolutely rooting for her. and against the counterattacking broadcast with uh brianna scurry it's it's excellent. The first couple of episodes are a little bit slow and more background stuff, but man, that last episode was incredible. Yeah. On to the fans' voice. We love the fans' voice. So we always put up these polls on Twitter at Over Gotham Pod just to get the 
the feeling of fans at, at certain points during the season. And so from the discussion questions from the from last podcast, which NWSL trophy seemed most realistic for this team this season? And the answers from our fans were 6% said the Shield, 18% said the NWSL Cup was realistic, 33% said the Challenge Cup was realistic, and 43% said all of them, which is pretty incredible. Rubu, what you think? It is pretty incredible because from last year to this year, a lot of us are feeling very, very optimistic and I think we should do this poll next month again to see where people stand. We haven't had a, a great couple of games. So hopefully the people still feel the same next month. I want to know what everybody thinks during the World Cup when, when Gotham will be missing a lot of their, their key players. So I, I still think there, there, there's a chance for them to win them all. I still think this Challenge Cup is the most realistic, but I'm glad that the fans are feeling very good about this club. I remember uh, last season I ran a poll that was went a bit differently. The poll came back that the te- that fans were mostly pessimistic. I think it was like sixty sixty to seventy yeah. percent that that Gotham would make the playoffs. So, what a difference a year makes. And if they do make the playoffs, they're going to be a little bit richer for it. They just announced today that the 2023 NWSL bonuses are increased. First, you have the UKG NWSL Challenge Cup, which went up to 1.1 million this year, which is pretty cool because I think last year was like 200 or 300,000 or something like that. Now, the bonus pool for the 2023 NWSL Shield presented by CarMax is now up to from like I think it was 5,000 last year and Oregon Story was 10,000 last year. And now it's up to 15,000 per player if they win the shield and the NWSL championship bonus includes 15,000 awarded to the players from the championship team, $11,250 awarded to the finalist and $7,500 awarded to the semifinalists and 3,700 awarded to the quarterfinalists. So bonuses are up. That's a really good sign that the, of the health of the league, that they're able to pay players more and they deserve mm-hmm. it, every bit of it. Yeah, just just the and the the challenge cup being at one point one million. That's that's huge for the league and, and for the players. I mean, makes you feel more mod- uh, motivated to go ahead and play and, and play well. We got so much more to talk about later on in the episode about the U.S. Women's National Team and the state of the league. But for now. Let's get to why we're here. The game breakdown. Gotham had a game against Racing last week. And Racing has essentially found their form. Both teams were coming in with one loss in their last five. The series was 1-4-1 and one all time. So it was a very stingy series. Very hard for either one of these teams to get a win. Gotham is the league's best road team and is unbeaten in their last five away games. Onto the injuries, Amani Dorsey is still as an excused absence. Sabrina Flores was out for a foot injury. Ali Krieger, unfortunately, was out with a thigh injury. Taylor Smith, also out with a thigh injury. And obviously, Taylor Torres, out with a season-ending knee injury. So the lineup was a 4-2-3-1. Smith in goal. Bernina, Gene, Freeman, and Nicewanger across the back. We had Ali Long, Zerboni, Ryan, and Neely Martin in the midfield. And then Williams, Sheehan across the top. Any thoughts on this lineup, Ruby? So 
I'm I'm good with the starting eleven here, but I think I would have liked a four three three lineup. I think they work better that way. I think they find their flow better with that formation. But I mean, it is what it is. It, it and it is great to see Freeman starting again. She's stepping up for Krieger that it's out with an injury right now. I'm excited to see Captain Zerboni in her 200th appearance, as we talked about earlier. That made me really, really, really happy. And also, welcome back, Manny Freeman, to the 11. So let's just get to our thoughts and takeaways. And honestly, in this first half, it was very open. Racing is just one-dimensional, just going from DeMello to Catlana. Racing creates created chaos in front of Gotham's net for the first goal. This is the second game in a row. Gotham has given up a first half goal. Gotham gains momentum as it enters the half, but not much coming through it. Uh, your thoughts, Ruby, on that first half? Yeah, I I don't know what's going on with Gotham. I feel like this one, like this game right here, they, they should have won this one here. And then you also feel Ali Krieger's absence here. Ali Krieger on defense was noticeable. You can feel the impact also of Taylor Smith not being on the field. Also, there were promising moments when the ball reached the attacking line, but they they weren't enough for, for Gotham to maintain that momentum. Yeah, it was frustrating. Both teams were being like really predictable. Racing keeps going back from DeMello to Catlana behind Gotham's high line, and Brunina does a lot of chasing. And on the other side, Gotham was doing the the same press and just getting and racing was getting out of it over and over again. Yeah, Katlana was a player that I was referring to last week. I just mm-hmm. her name just didn't pop in my head, but she possesses a great speed and she is a threat. Louisville loves those long balls and crosses to Katlana, so that's why it was crucial to mark her closely in order to minimize her impact on the game. Also, the mellow. Yeah, I think Gotham needs a game changer. And this would have been a good game for Taylor Smith or mm-hmm. Midge Purse. I hope they bring on Mewis for Martin early and go back to the 4-3-3 as we talked about. On to the player notes. Nicewanger, I think, struggled uh, on the defensive side of the ball, but is already, I think, one of the best attacking players in this league. I thought she was, outside of Lynn Williams, the most dangerous player in the first half. And it's, uh, she's unafraid to shoot from anywhere. Yeah, like you, sir, like you said, Last week, she just shoots with like an anger and we love it (laughs) when she Mm -hmm. picks that ball. Like her willingness to take the shots from anywhere on the field just adds an unpredictable and dynamic element to our attack, keeping Louisville on their toes. It it shows her confidence and determination to to make an impact on the game. I felt Gotham just it just felt slow. Slow in transition, slow to second balls, standing around on the goal. And I think Gotham was just slow in taking shots. Yeah, I was watching the game and and I thought, am I the only one that feels like it's slow? Usually it's a, a pretty fast pace for, for Gotham and that's their style. But this one felt really slow. There was a few times where Lind was the only player at the top with the ball and no one there to help her when, when she needed it. So I was like, what's going on? Like, run, go do something. Yeah, it felt it felt sluggish with some of those loose balls here and there. The team needs to be more decisive and quick in taking taking shots to capitalize on the opportunities that come their way. All right, let's move on to the second half. Within a minute, Gotham goes down to nothing. Catalana's speed is terrorizing Gotham at this point. Mm-hmm. She gets behind early. 
Gotham makes a line change at the 55th minute with Mewis, Iffy, and Fairley. Instant momentum shifts, and O'Hara enters the game as well, hits the post off a point blank, off right off a corner. Gotham grows into this game, but frustratingly just misses on many of their best chances. They're just unable to get anything out of this. Your thoughts in the second half, Ruby? The second half for me was a mix of frustration and promise from Gotham. I mean, despite the early deficit, the team showed resilience and made adjustments, but it didn't change the score. They generated several excellent scoring chances, but no luck. They <laughs> Luck was not on their side, definitely not in this game. It was a good effort, but ultimately like disappointing to come away without any points in, from this match. The final product of this team, which is maddening. Right at the end, you was sent a free kick from right outside the box, way over the, the goal. Uh, Brunini mm-hmm. missed wide right on an uncontested shot. O'Hara again hitting the post from three yards out. When Gotham did get, a fin- did get a shot, there was just no conviction on that shot. It felt like this team was really worn down. We talked about being slow and all that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, honestly, I just want to forget this game and let's just move on to the next yeah, we're not done yet. <laughs> let's, talk about some, let's talk about some players. All the subs were good. Uh, I I think, I guess we mentioned earlier, like there's a noticeable shift in momentum when Mewis, Fairley, and Anamanu came on. And I think O'Hara grew into this game. And if you have any doubts on why she you know, made the World Cup roster is because of that last couple of minutes, she was just excellent she knows mm-hmm. how to she knows how to manipulate a game she knows how to get into the attack and she knows when what to do when and she's a professional and her she ended up the game with 92 percent pass accuracy she took three shots and then again the one hit the post but she was super dangerous yeah she was in in that corner kick she just snuck in and had mm-hmm. that header nobody was expecting that nobody was on her so yeah she has that that ability to do that and like you said, yeah, she just had a great game. Hera had a great game. I mean, overall, the team had 20 shots, but again, zero luck. I don't think Gotham was the second best team on the pitch, and they weren't statistically. Just on the scoreboard, you know, where it matters, they were second best. <laughs> a bounce <laughs> here or there, and this game is much different. And then, you know, as we just talked about, uh, we're, asking, we're back to asking for a little bit of luck. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just going to bring the sage out or something. <laughs> we need to break this no-win streak. Yeah, and you mentioned this earlier, but Gotham is having trouble pulling defenders away from Williams. Every time Williams was around goal, there was four racing players collapsing on her. This is something that, as we mentioned earlier, Taylor and Midge would do really, really well. It's a shame that we won't see Midge and Williams on the pitch for a little while. But what a welcome return Purse is going to be. I think she's going to shine during this break. Yeah, she will. This is her time to shine. And in this game, Louisville's defense show excellent organization throughout the match. Effectively, like marking players, forcing Gotham to retreat at times. And Louisville's awareness of Gotham's game plan was was evident as they anticipated and they just disrupted their their attack moves. Yeah, you're right. The Achilles heel of any high-pressing team is long diagonal switches of play. 
what you're trying to do is compress the field into a small area to make it hard. And especially with Gotham likes to press teams to the corners uh, when the, they're busy, the pressing triggers when the left or right back will get the ball. Cause they can use, if they collapse, they can use the sideline as an extra defender. But mm-hmm. when that happens, you always kind of leave the far winger alone because that's the least likely place that the ball is going to go. But if you don't press uh, as a team, they're able to find their way out, which is to DeMello, mm-hmm. and DeMello's able to play that long switch to Catlana. It was just too easy. Uh, and if you look at the pass map, and everyone, again, go to <laughs> Over Gotham Pod on Twitter. After each game, I post a post-game stats thread, which I will post the passing maps and statistics that I find interesting. And I highlight some of the best NWSL stat providers mm-hmm. who do a lot of this stuff for free, so it's good to support them as well. But go look at the passing map. There is a thick white line from the mellow to Catlana and that yep. thick white line did got them in. Yeah, definitely. This this game was all Catlana and the mellow. They were they were just incredible in this game. And mm-hmm. I was like, why they're not really marking them? But then again, like we were saying, Catlana has such great speed. She just sneaks up behind you. I felt like the back line of Gotham was a little lost at times. And again, like I said earlier, you could tell how how evident was the absence of of Krieger because Krieger is so good at reading those plays and being there before, you know, they're attacking you. So, yeah. All right. Last thought on this game before we get to the postgame quotes. Come on, Gotham. It's Pride Razor month. We need goals. Make us pay for it. Come on. It's like they're allergic. (laughs) Take the money. Yes. Yes, it's 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 borderline homophobic that they're not scoring goals in the month of June I, this year or last year. I was looking at how many goals we have for the month. We have one. <laughs> yes, it stinks. All right, let's get to the post game quotes. Uh, Anamanu says, compared to last year, Gotham is in a much better place than they were, and there's more this team can give. Even though they've had a bit of a rough patch, looking forward. They're not worried. Losses happen mid-season. This team has it as in to grind. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It's such a difference from last year to now. And Gotham has shown their ability to bounce back from setbacks. Uh, and I have no doubt. I mean, they're 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 through a rough patch right now. And I have no doubt that they're going to do the same this time. It, it's just part of the grind, you know. It's New York, New Jersey. It's what we do. We grind. All right. So on purse... Uh, Amros says that there is a return to play protocol when coming back from an injury, including making sure the player is properly fit to return once cleared. Purse got the green lights a bit late for her to make the roster for today, but he hopes to see her back very soon. And that's that's a great sign, you know, that she already has a green light to come back. So we are closer and closer to see Purse back on the pitch. It would be really great to see her in the next game this weekend. Hopefully she can make it and she's she's good for that time. I think, like you said, this is this is like her time to shine. And also, this will be probably the last chance that she'll have to play with Williams together before Williams leaves for the World Cup. Mitch is a very similar player to like Taylor Smith and on the edge, they're just incredible. And to think of how good this team could have been the first half of the season, if Midge was healthy, taking all that pressure off of Williams, that this is going to be incredible. Hopefully Midge stays healthy for the rest of the season because it's going to be pretty dangerous going towards the last part of the season. Mm-hmm. Ruby, any, any stats of the game? 
So with this game, it makes four games without a win. It's unfortunate to say, to say the least. Again, it's just a rough patch. We just have to stay optimistic that next game is going to be a good one. What about you, Gary? We've been talking about this a lot on the past couple episodes, but Gotham is the only team in the league not to score on a set piece opportunity this season. This game in particular, they had seven corners and they just got to be better. Yeah, they do. They they have to be better, uh, better. And we've talked about this a lot, like you said. Yeah, I think the I think O'Hara has been the closest one to score a goal so far. <laughs> yeah, so that's progress. There you go. <laughs> and last stat of the game. Honestly, again, congratulations to McCall Zerboni. 200 is amazing. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the player of the week. So it was, again, a frustrating loss, but the fans chose Williams, 47%, and Bernina, 36%, Gene, 8 and Zerboni, 9%. Uh, do you agree, Ruby? It was hard to pick a player that stood out here. Usually when, when we come here, it's the opposite, and we have <laughs> multiple multiple players shining but in this game, I think I will give it to Williams for always like looking for ways to score. Six, uh, she had seven shots in this game alone. So yeah, I think Williams deserves it. What about you? I'm actually I'm actually giving this to Jean only because she's making I think she's making a case to be in the mix at center back next season. She was given a one-year contract this year, and she's again she's an outside back converting to center back. She's learning alongside one of the best in mm-hmm. Allie Krieger, and Kristen Edmonds is, is another player that she's learned from. I think she's getting better every week. Her passing is better. She's good in the air. Mm-hmm. I, I think that she's a good complement to players like Edmonds and Krieger. I, I think she's playing her way into another contract. So let's hopefully she gets an extension. Yeah. Let's get to just the league. NWSL, by the numbers, this is we're going to talk about the rapid year-over-year growth in this, this league's 11th season. The NWSL is number one in the Fandex, which is the highest momentum sports league, 48% average game attendance growth this season. They also have a 21% regular season total viewers increase, uh, increase which is a total of 50% total unique viewers up this year than last year and on social media they have a 233 percent video views which is higher on all the platforms so there's a lot of new people watching this sport a lot of people interested in this 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 sport and it's growing exponentially and as we talk about this all the time that there is a tv contract or streaming contract coming up and it's super important to show these kind of numbers when going into their next negotiation Exactly. You have to show the growth and and the numbers do not lie. Here we have proof that the women's soccer game, it's growing in the United States, showing incredible growth here. Also, us as a podcast, we have grown a lot and we have the numbers to show that too. Like we had so much growth last year. Can't wait to see the numbers for this year at the end of the year, see how much we have grown as well. Yeah. And we are right now one month until the World Cup. And that's always going to be a boon, uh, a growth spurt for the league. And hopefully with more interest in the team, in the league, in our podcast and all the work that we do. And uh, I hope that it creates so much more opportunities for women and women of color in this sport to grow alongside of it. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. 
Before we get to the standings and our next couple of opponents, I do want to talk about the general U.S. Women's National Team roster. I do want to mention this at the beginning as a qualifier. So I just want to put this out there that it frustrates me a bit that the questions that get asked around rosters as far as qualifiers are concerned, like I, I get that everybody wants like their favorite player on this roster, but the only true qualifier to making this roster is coach's choice. So I think people get so frustrated looking for consistency or linear mm-hmm. logic. And uh, honestly, you're not going to find it. Flacco needs to explain this. It's like, he doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter if the player's in better form, that this other player scored three goals more than this other player, had this player has more expected assists per 90. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because the only thing that really matters is this coach thought this player was going to help this team mm-hmm. at this particular point, right? It's the same thing when picking a starting 11 for Gotham FC or another team. It's all what the coach thinks is the best in that moment, right? It doesn't really matter. So the players could be injured, coming back from injury, doesn't matter. If the coach wants the player to be there, they're going to be there. So let's talk about who is on there, who is in the roster. We have the goalkeepers, Aubrey Kingsbury, Casey Murphy, Alyssa Nair. On defense, we have Alana Cook, Crystal Dunn, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, Sofia Huerta, Emily Sonnet, and our Kelly O'Hara. In the midfield, we have Savannah DeMello. We don't like her right now. Uh, Julie Ertz, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, R. Christy Mewis, and Ashley Sanchez and Andy Sullivan. At forward, we have uh, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, Trinity Rodman, Sophie Smith, Alyssa Thompson, and Batwoman Lynn Williams. What are your thoughts, Ruby? I mean, like like you said, the coach has to like you and the coach has to see something in you to be in this roster. So obviously he sees something unique in, in each player here for him to to pick them to come to a World Cup and this is his first World Cup, so it's a big, like a big test for him as a coach for the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team. And I think all these players are incredible in their own way. So, like you said, like this player has better stats than the other, or whatever. At the end of the day, I think if he sees something in them and they're able to perform, and you know, if he thinks this is the team that's going to bring another World Cup hey, we have to support them and we have to support the the decision. Probably not going to like it, but I do like the players that I see on this roster. I see really incredible players here. I see experience. I see a lot of players. This is their first time. I believe it's 14 players here. It's going to be their first World Cup. So that's exciting. That's exciting. I I can't wait for for this World Cup to start and, and see what happens. Yeah, we'll be covering it along with the podcast. It'll be our segment two for the month of the of the World Cup. We're going to try to get some guests to help us bring this, some good coverage to this World Cup, which I'm excited about. As far as the roster, though, this is the smallest roster I think Vlaku's ever had to put together. I think it's only 23 players. And the pool of players that we have are so incredible. I know there's talk about, okay, well... Other countries are starting to catch up with the United States, maybe mm-hmm. on the top end level where they're putting together an 11 that's competitive with the United States. But the United States is still, we can field probably two, maybe even three 11s that could compete for trophies, even at a World Cup. We are still incredibly stacked. And obviously it stinks 
of that, you know, we'll, we're, let's just jump to that. Like, so who's off this roster? I mean, it's it's tough. Obviously, we have Sauerbrunn. That's a big, huge mm-hmm. blow to this team. Her leadership is incredible. I'm really sad, just on a personal level, that Macario is not in, not on the roster. Obviously, she's a game changer, and with the game on the line, you definitely want her the ball at her at her feet. Hatch is is interesting uh, omission from this roster. Davidson, Howell, and obviously our own Mitch Purse. Yeah, and I want to touch on Hatch here. It looks like Blocko preferred Thompson over Hatch. They both are really, really great, but at the end of the day, you cannot deny the talent that Thompson has. That look, that that no look goal that that she did in a game. I think that's what sold me on Thompson here. She's so young and so talented. She has a big presence when when she's on the pitch. Yeah, the thing about Ashley Hatch, I I like Hatch. Not when we're playing her, but I do like Ashley Hatch. I don't, I like just looking at the player it's her, herself. Like I, I don't know what what one thing that she does maybe better than Morgan, who's been there before, who's a leader on this team and is one of the most deadly players on the pitch. I think she's too similar of a player to Morgan. Yes. To, you know, and as as you look at the rest of the roster, all of these forwards are nine slash wingers or, you know, Lynn Williams can play from the midfield and play as a winger, can be a number nine, could be that. If you're talking about Thompson, Thompson is a completely different player. She plays more from the wing than as a number nine. So I think it was just, you know, if it was 26 players, she'd be on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's frustrating. I'm sure for her, uh, it's obviously it's a big loss for the team. But do you have any big surprises? Not really. Not not many surprises. I mean, I would say the Mellow, it's a big surprise for a lot of people in a certain way because she's a player. She's one of the players that has no caps in the national team and she's going to a World Cup. I read somewhere that the last player that this happened to was to Shannon Box. Imagine not having a cap with the national team and being invited. So that's huge for her. Uh, other than that, I'm not surprised about Ertz either being on this roster. Even though she didn't play for, for a while, she came back and, and she's proved that she's still a great player. She was really important in the, in the past World Cup. So if she can bring that or better this year, I think the spot is well-deserved. Yeah. I'm with you on Ertz. Uh, I, I do believe that obviously she's only played 90 minutes twice and she's done it twice in a row, but mm-hmm. she's only played 90 minutes twice. But again, as we talked about, the theme of that roster is that she can play center back. She can play as a defensive mid. It's moving multiple pieces around. Yeah. Not many. This is, this is probably the least surprising roster I, I think I've seen put out. So yeah, not too surprised by that, but I'm super excited for this, this tournament. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Let's get back to Gotham. Let's talk about standings. Gotham is in sixth place now, and they are five points from first place. Last week they were two, and now they're five. Yeah. Ruby, any thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately, they're they're on sixth place. But like I have said earlier in the podcast here, they have bounced back. So I'm pretty sure they're going to bounce back from this sixth place. They're right there on the edge. They still make it. If, if the playoffs were tomorrow, they'll make it. But we don't want to be like right on the edge. We want to like be one of the top three in in this league. And I know they can do it. It's just a rough patch, and I'm not. I know they're going to bounce back. What What do you think? Yeah, one win gets them back in the top three, which is yeah, barring you know 
North Carolina, OL Reign, and San Diego winning at the same time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I think it's it's good. I think it's a good, still a good spot to be in. We're still in the mix of everything, and yeah, one or two wins, and we're back on you know near the top. Let's get to our opponent this weekend, which is Chicago. Gotham returns home. It feels like forever <laughs> since we've been at Red Bull Arena, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This matchup might be just what the doctor ordered for this club to get back on track. Chicago is in town. The national team send-off game. I'd be a little bit of emotional. It should be an amazing atmosphere. Hopefully another big crowd. The last crowd we had was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and you know, it's always amazing, the atmosphere at Red Bull Arena. It's always amazing. I love it there. I love going for, for every game. And like you said, I mean, Chicago comes to town and it's probably what the doctor order and it's going to be really good for us. Uh, they've had had a rough season, as we all know. Chicago right now is on 11th place. And this league, it's so crazy because when you think, yeah, again, this should be an easy win. We're going to fly through. It happens the other way. But let's hope that Gotham is able to control this game be able to score some goals especially at home uh last game they had at home they didn't win so this is their chance to turn it around have a have a game at home where you win and take those three points and let's get back on on top of the table and i mean i don't know what's going on in chicago and hopefully they don't figure out i don't want to be mean or anything but i mean Look what happened to Angel City. They they were their coach had was fired because of their performance. Chicago's performance hasn't been really good either. I just hope Gotham gets a win and we get those three points. What are your thoughts? On Chicago itself, their team makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> just because I know that they're going through the the selling of the team and their GM is checked out or whatever, but they still could have put together a better roster than they put together. There were so many free agents. If they if they possibly would have thrown a little bit more money at player X, player Y, they could have put together a more competitive roster. And obviously they were just relying on Swanson to just mm, be there. Yeah. You know, remember back in the day, like when Sky Blue was relying a lot on Sam Kerr's magic. Yeah. I felt like the roster construction was built kind of like that. And speaking of roster construction, I feel bad for Jenna Bike. Back to back, pretty terrible seasons for the, for her. Uh, I like her a lot as a player. She went through she went through it last year with Gotham, and now she's going through it again with yeah. Chicago. And she's a good spirit in that team, and she's always bringing some kind of light and positivity to their their roster. And I hope that. Chicago turns it around for her sake, not this weekend, but uh, eventually. And I hope that she f- finds a team that appreciates her personality and her drive, because I think a lot of Jenna yeah. Bike. And it'll be good to see her in person this Sunday. And I hope they don't bring that pine cone. If someone sees that <laughs> pine cone, someone hide it, please. <laughs> yeah, yes. All right. But going to the game, playing for your national team obviously is the highest honor. I expect all of our national team players to start and get subbed out early. No need to take risks, be it as it may. Chicago has big problems playing out of the back, as we saw in the last game, Mm -hmm. and they haven't corrected it. And that plays right into Gotham's press. On paper, this should be an easy, dominant win. But lately, nothing's been easy. Then we go to Orlando midweek for the Challenge Cup. Feels like we play Orlando once a month. I'm tired of them. (laughs) For real, I think... 
every time there's a game, I'm like, Orlando again. All right, so <laughs> let's go play Orlando. So by this time, we should know how to beat Orlando. But then again, mm-hmm. Orlando has been had has had some great games as well. But I think Gotham is the the strongest team here. Not having your national teamers will affect different teams differently. And Orlando has had an absolute reliance on Adriana for nearly all of their offense and creativity. If she gets picked up for the Brazil team, not having her, I mean, and Marta, probably, that takes a lot of the venom out of the Cobra. You know, however, Orlando's young players are fighters. Somebody may step up, but this is what this break is all about. It's testing your depth. And, you know, the same with Gotham. I'm curious who grabs this opportunity for more playing time. I think Gotham has the deeper roster and should be able to get three points on this one. Side note, I'm curious this season because last season we had national team replacement players and we had a a more deeper understanding of trialists that were on this team. And this year I have not heard anything about trialists. I haven't heard anything about players hanging around the roster. Uh, we haven't had any rumors of any players coming in. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who what Gotham does to replace the national teamers that go away. I think that's a big, interesting point here. If I was from the outside, mm-hmm. there's a couple players who I like from the Australian A-League who are without a team who I think would, would fit this team pretty well. I think Madison Haley is a tremendous talent, and I think she's definitely proved herself to be a physical goal-scoring threat. I would love to see her on this team. And I would love to bring back, not that, Julia Grasso, who played in the Australia A-League and quickly became one of their better players in the league. And I think she made them one of their best 11s or something like that. But she's a talent, can play midfield, can play winger, can play outside back. I think she would be an excellent pickup. And we're, we know who she is. So I think that would be interesting. Let's get to our manifestations. What will we manifest in this week? All right. This week, what are we manifesting? For me, I think it has to be a win. Like I said, four games without a win. It's been two draws and two losses. We need a win. We need to to change that that stat there, get those three points. I am manifesting a win. Yeah, I'm, I'm manifesting health this week. Mm, uh, yeah. Our injured players, hopefully they recover quickly. Krieger, hopefully she gets back to the field pretty quickly. It, it seems to be not too bad of a deal. So I think she could be back soon. I'm excited. Taylor Smith is an interesting one. They seem to be a little more pessimistic on her yeah. quick return, but hopefully she returns quickly. And obviously I want to see Midge Purse back on that field. Yeah. Taylor Smith, Taylor Smith's um, injury. I was looking it up online because I wanted to know what's the recovery time on that, depending on where the tear was. If it was a little higher, a little lower, depends. It could be between four weeks to 16 weeks so mm. it depends how bad it was i hope i yeah i hope we get to see her back before the end of the season it will be great because she was she actually was having momentum before she she got injured and she had scored a, a goal she was being that player you know that you wanted to see she is also a player that can, can it's really good on defense and also attacking so hopefully we get to see her back Give me a 4-3-3 with Smith on the left, Lynn Williams in the middle, and Midge Purse on the right, and we're going to tear this league apart. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Any random thoughts before we close out? 
I didn't, I wasn't going to say anything, but I just remember that this weekend we're going to the White House. So we're going to be in Washington, D.C. and we're going to be some tourists out there. We're going to go to the White House and I, I don't know what else we're doing. I think we're going to the museums out there. It's going to be a fun one. I'm going to miss the game, but probably going to watch it on my phone on the way back. I know we're driving back like in the evening, so I won't be able to be at Red Bull, unfortunately. All right. My random thought. I got a haircut today, uh, but that's not what I'm, that's not <laughs> my random thought. I was talking to my hairstylist uh-huh. and we were talking about podcasts in general. And I was talking like the, the, the least, my least favorite part of the podcast is the beginning of the podcast where we talk about like like our own lives because i was like i find my own experience to be like the most the least interesting thing about my life (laughs) (laughs) like what i do is sometimes interesting and the thoughts that i have are interesting or like i think the world is interesting like i got like i'm a big nerd and i got so obsessed with this titan the vessel Mm. going to the titanic yeah incredible story right it was fascinating so i'm like reading i'm a big nerd so i'm reading about every little thing and I'm so interested in that stuff. But like, if you do notice that, like, I always try to like pivot away from myself yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> but like, I, I get it. Like people, people want to know who you are yeah. and, you know, who you're about. So I'll give you a little bit. Here's what I'm going through. I, I adopted another cat. It's an incredible story. And I don't have time to talk about it in this podcast, but it's, it's an amazing story. Uh, and so, so I, got, I got a kitten in the house. So if you hear any banging or what sounds like a car running around, it's, it's her. Yeah. I mean, also, I really do love being a big brother for the Big Brother Big Sister program. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I have, but having an impact on a young kid is incredible. And I do recommend every every fan of this podcast to you know give it a thought at least because you know like I don't have kids, so that's kind of my my thing. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying it and I'm seeing the positive impact I'm having in his life, and you know he's changing his attitudes and towards other people and other things. And I, I'm excited about it and I love doing that. So yeah, uh, I'm entering my la- my final year of college and I am like partially insane at this point. <laughs> That's why he went to get a haircut because his hair was like really long. Like, you know, from, from, was it the movie Cast? <laughs> yeah. Cast Away? Yeah. What was the movie? Where- yes. <laughs> I'm just Correct. kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, so I have a lot of stuff going on. I'm partially crazy at this point, but I, I will, I will get through with all your help. Let's just get to this game. I'm super excited to to go back to Red Bull Arena. It's going to be such a great break for all the stuff that I do and the craziest of my life. So I can't wait. All right, let's get to it, shall we, Ruby? Let's do it. Let's go. Hi, everyone. This is Gary. Thank you for listening and supporting our project. Here are other ways you can support the show and connect with us. First, word of mouth is everything. So please share our show with anyone who might listen. Also, please rate us five stars on Spotify and review us on iTunes. You can purchase our merchandise at the Tee Public store. Join in the conversation on Twitter at OverGothamPod and Instagram at SoccerOverGotham. Lastly, you can email your thoughts and questions at SoccerOverGotham at gmail.com. Once again... Thank you. I just assume everybody ignores me. 